Good morning, good morning, good morning. Let's stand and worship the Lord. Amen. Oh, we had church already this morning. Are y'all ready to praise the Lord? Get your praise on. Come on. Sing with me. He led me out of the desert. Brought me into his streams, river of living water. Yes, he is. Turned my bitter into sweet. And all my burdens are lifted. He took the shackles off my feet. There's no sound louder than a captive set free. Come on. So let the
Thank you, Jesus. You're our deliverer. You're our freedom. You're our deliverer. You're our promised land. He is so good. We're going to join you now. Let's raise the roof. Come on. You are my deliverer. promised land. You're our deliverer. And we say so because we are your redeemed. And I searched the world. Come on, sing with me. But it couldn't fill me. Ain't that the truth? Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. I'm just going to let y'all sing. Y'all sound good. And you came along, he came along. Didn't he do that? Yes. And every desire is now. Oh, it is. Here in your love. Thank you for your love, Jesus. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Yes. Better than 
of miracles because he's still a God of miracles. Is he not a God of miracles? Is he not still doing miracles? Is he not ready to do a miracle? Well, let's, let's proclaim it right now. You turn morning to dancing. on the cross because you rose from the dead. Death has no claim on us. It has no victory. It has no sting because nothing is better than you. Amen, church. Here we go. God for this time of worship. We're going to do a new song today. It's called Prepare the Way. And a couple of months ago when I was singing it in my car, I had by then knew it by heart. I had played it so many times. But I started singing it. Instead of saying prepare the way, I caught myself saying prepare my heart. I was singing prepare my heart. It kind of took me back for a second. Like that's not the words. But then I realized wasn't me. <laughs> that was the Holy Spirit saying, are you ready for what God's about to do? We are saying, prepare the way. We are preparing the way for the Lord. Like scripture says, prepare the way for the Lord. But he also wants to prepare our heart for what he's about to do. So as we learn this song, we sing it now. Let him prepare your heart as we prepare the way.
can be seated. 
Lord, that is our heart. Lord, we've heard the stories. We've spent the last seven weeks talking about historical and classical revivals and even up into contemporary times. And Father, our cry today is do it again, Lord. Do it again in our midst. Selah, amen. Do it again. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to go chasing a revival or looking for. We are a revival. We are a revival looking for a place to happen, a move of God, looking for an opportunity to break out. We are a spiritual awakening, looking for a place and a moment to manifest. And so, Lord God, thank you for what you put into us. You put in us the passion of your son, the heart of your son, the heart for the lost, the heart for those who don't yet know Jesus, who don't yet know the gospel. Our heart, Lord, for people who have stepped over the line at some point in their life, but they have not been connected and, and really connected to the vine and growing. And our heart is for them as well. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We welcome your work. We welcome your presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome your gifts and what you want to do, Lord. Give us wisdom. Give us grace. Give us the pace of grace that we may unwrap the gifts that you're presenting to us. We welcome them and we embrace them. We embrace what you're up to. It's our heart to be about your business. We love you and we honor you in all we do today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen and amen. Ah, what a joy to be here with you today. I hope that you felt the residue as you walked in. First of all, because last night and yesterday we were blessed to celebrate the return. Jonathan Kahn, Ann Graham Lott, Steve Berger, many more. Over 60 people got on the stage in Washington, D.C., in the mall. How many of you had a chance to at least check it online or, and see it? Amen. Great, great, fantastic. Well, listen, uh, we got here at early 8 o'clock. And we were planning on being here for a couple hours and go break because it's going to be a long day because we did a celebration service last night. And we could not leave. I mean, we were lit. I was like, I cannot leave. And that was, I cannot leave. We stayed the whole time, stayed for the whole thing. And then last night, we had a night of worship that was off the chizang. I'm just saying, it was amazing. It's always fun when God shows up to church. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was such a sweet time. And I walked in this morning, and just the residue is still here. It's like oil dripping down the walls. So just enjoy what God's up to. And listen, if you're not there, then this is a chance for you to be there. And all you have to do is say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we say our three W's here, whatever. No, no, we say it this way. What? I was going to go a different way. Because I have three W's for something else. Why not here? Why not now? Why not us? The other three W's, just if you're curious, whatever, wherever, whenever, okay? So they kind of have the same spirit. Easy to get those mixed up. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here at The Bridge. Welcome to The Bridge this morning. For those of you watching online, welcome. You two are stepping into, and we're going to, by faith, believe that the residue that's in this atmosphere, the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, whom we're seeking to host 
and grow in our ability to host is right there in your living room or wherever you're watching. And we want to encourage you and welcome you. Thanks for joining us today. For those of you that are first-time guests, you have, in a very real way, jumped on a moving train. And we're excited that you're here. We celebrate your presence here with us today. And the way we do that is with a hand clap. Can we bless our first-time guests? If you are a first-time guest, we'd love to hear from you and just like to know who you are, where you're from, and if you have any questions, an easy way to do that is go to our Connect Center right out there in the hallway. You'll see several things laying there, and there's a, a personal contact card or information card. Just fill that out, and you can drop it in any of the black boxes that you see around the church. There's one there, two there, and then there's on down the hall. So just drop it in there, and we'll get a record of your visit. But also, it'll allow us to reach out to you and just say, hey, how can we serve you? How can we be a blessing to you? Also... If you have any prayer requests or prayer needs, this is for everybody online as well, then we want to pray with you. We want to be known as a church that prays, a church that praises, and a church that preaches the word and stands on the word of God. And so we want to pray with you. So if you have a prayer need or a prayer request, do fill out a prayer card. And again, at the Connect Center, you can find that. If you're online, you can write us. You see it on the screen there, info at bridgefbg.com. Write in your prayer request. We will pray for you, hold you up, lift you up, help you fight the good fight of faith. By the way, a good fight is a fight you win. A bad fight is a fight you lose, right? So we're fighting a good fight of faith together. We want to help you do that. So thank you. Also, just re in regards to safety, we always want to do this for our safety team. They request that we do this, and we appreciate them. But you'll notice there's two exits there, and those go out to the hall. There's an exit out there, and then there's a big door right there, wide open, just letting some air come in because we've got a full house today. It's a little hard on AC, and there are exits out that door as well, and we appreciate our safety team. In fact, they were the rock stars yesterday. We showed up with our little meal from Warner's which is awesome, but they showed up with a grill and ribs and beans, and I'm like, wait a minute, what happened? We were a little late to the party, so we love our safety team, appreciate those guys. And also, just to let you know some things that are going on, next week, on October 4th, we're going to celebrate a very special baptism. And I'm telling you, you will not want to miss this. It'll be in the second service. It's going to be probably unlike any baptism you've ever witnessed or watched. Later in the service, I'm going to show you a video of another baptism that happened just this last week, and that'll be encouraging as well. But maybe you're here, and you have never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. Maybe you stepped over the line with Christ, but you never had an opportunity or didn't work out where you could be baptized. We're here for you, and we would love to assist you with that and help you with that. And just so you know, bridge style, we pretend we're down at the river, and we party like it's 1999. You know what I'm saying? That was a really bad reference of a song, but you get the drift. It's an exciting moment. We clap, we cheer, we celebrate, we worship, we praise. Because listen, new life, here's what baptism is. In short, it's, a, it's an outward expression of an inward reality. And when we see that inward reality come out through baptism... We cannot help ourselves but cheer and clap and root you on. So we're here for you. So if you want to be baptized, we want to help you, but you've got to let us know. There's a sign-up sheet out there, or you can fill out a contact card just saying, hey, I want to be baptized. It's my name and information. 
There will be a class next Sunday in the family room at 10 o'clock with Jason. He'll walk you through an orientation and get you lined out on that. But do let us know. You can call the office as well and let us know because we want to be here for you. So we'll do that next week. Now, another thing going on next week, we have a leader lunch for our Connect Group leaders or anyone who's interested in leading a group, starting a small group. That'll be next week. We do need you to sign up because we have meals available. And... Um, uh, that's for current leaders and those wanting to. So that'll meet in the family room with Pastor Jeffrey right after the second service. So that's for next week. And then another thing, I forgot to announce this in the first service. But Sean Foyt, worship leader who's gone all over the United States into the darkest, roughest, meanest places to bring worship. And I've told his story already, so I won't go into that. Is going to be at the cross at Cur in Kerrville next Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock, October 4th. And so I would invite you to come. We're going to be there. But let me just tell you something. If you're uncomfortable with messy worship, then it's, it's not good. You're going to be uncomfortable. It is just all out after God. There's no pretense. This is first century stuff. This is book of Acts stuff. These guys are showing up in the darkest places. I'm not sure why they're coming to Kerrville unless they think Kerrville needs Jesus. So I'm like, hey, come on over to Fredericksburg. we get you up on Cross Mountain or something. But but anyway, so they're going to be here, um, and it starts at 5 o'clock. So I would invite you to come out, be comfortable. I don't know what the weather's going to look like next week, but just be appropriate. We'll announce it again on Sunday morning. But wouldn't it be cool if about 400 bridgers showed up, showed up to support Sean and what they're doing in worship and be a blessing to the community? So anyway, that's for you, and uh, do, do come. Do plan to come. Now, um, where am I at? All right. Sorry. This is very unrehearsed. I'm still a little messed up from yesterday. I'm not, not going to lie to you. And uh, Russ was last night, too. We all had some moments, didn't we, where just we're so just enamored with Jesus right now that we're kind of like, yeah, whatever. So, again, thank you for being here. Um, one of the things that we do every week, which is one of my favorite things, is celebrate communion. Communion is a time where we, we pause and we, we celebrate our union with Jesus. Make no mistake about it. Communion is not about your sin. It's not about your darkness. It's not about your brokenness. Communion is about Jesus. That's our focus. And I want you to know something. Here at the bridge, we're not going to be the Jesus police who try to police whether you're eligible to go to the table. Because the bottom line is this. The table of Jesus is open. Is open. I, all I would say is come with a wide open heart to the table. Now, housekeeping. If you don't have one of these, if you'll raise your hands, we've got folks ready to come. Uh, I think uh, Amy and Jason are, yeah, they've got them. And they got some help back there, which is awesome. So if you need that, just raise your hand high. They'll get the elements to you uh, in short order. They're coming your way. And just as a housekeeping piece, this is, you'll appreciate this later. Peel the top part first. The clear, just peel it almost all the way off. And then ever so gently, peel off the next layer. There we go. And that way you'll be ready. So as they bring those around and get those to you, I told this story in the first service. Uh, Bob Hunter became a dear friend of mine when I was in Abilene. He's a, represent, uh, a Texas representative. And I remember Bob, he took me under his arm, and, and one of my, my youth pastor was speaking at Abilene Christian University at the convocation, at their, uh, not the convocation, but their, their chapel service. He was a graduate of ACU. We spent a lot of time on that campus, even though we weren't Churches of Christ. But we were good friends with that school, and we appreciate ACU. And so 
I was sitting on the front row, and Bob Hunter was sitting beside me, and in Bob Hunter fashion, he had his arm around me. He's just a, he's kind of a father like that. And he has his arm around me, and we were, we were sitting there, and as they were going through some of the worship and preliminaries, uh, you looked up and you saw hundreds of college students at this Christian school, and probably less than 1% were actually engaged and paying attention. And they all had their phones out, so it was like a glow all around the, the Coliseum there. And Bob was looking up, and I could just see it, and he, he leaned over to me. He said, Jimmy, if we don't wake up, and if we don't change what we're doing, we're going to lose this generation. I felt the weight and the gravity of his words because he was so concerned. And I thought, how awesome is this? He's a politician's politician. If you've ever seen him around, this, he, was, he could work a room the best I've ever seen. He's amazing. And yet his heart and his passion was for the kingdom of God and for the next generation coming up. And I've thought back to that moment often. I've been re-reminded of it even this weekend. And I felt like the Lord posed a question to me. I'm going to just, just by way of just getting that out. And basically it was this. It was like, when was the last time you wept for the lost? When was the last time you actually felt a lump in your throat? Or a burden in your heart for those who do not know Jesus Christ. And Lord checked me up with that yesterday, not only with Bob Hunter years ago, but yesterday as we watched the return and participated. And I was like, has that been a priority? Is the kingdom, has, am I really seeking first the kingdom of God? So as we receive communion today, I, I'm renewing my commitment to evangelism and my commitment to making sure that I am open to sharing the gospel with every person or any person that God puts in my path. That doesn't mean I'm blitzing, you know, downtown. It means I'm open and I'm looking to see where God's working so I can join him in his work. Would you make that commitment with me today? You're not saying you're going to go out and take your Bible and beat people over the head. You're just going to be open and ready when the opportunity presents itself. And Jesus was with his disciples. The night before he was betrayed, he took up a piece of bread and he said, This is my body. It's given for you. And then he took some wine. It was in a goblet. It wasn't in one of these, but it was in a goblet. And he held it up and he said, This is my blood. He said, It's going to be spilled out for you. You know, we read later in the Gospels or, or in Paul's letters, he says, without the shedding of sin, or without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so it took the blood of Jesus to cover our sin and to remove it, not just cover it, but remove it as far as the east is from the west. So Jesus held up and he said, this, is, this blood's for you. So Lord, we're thankful for the body and the blood of Jesus. And we pause to remember your goodness and Lord, I'm thankful that someone had a burden for me. Someone wept for my salvation. Someone wept and shared the gospel with me. And I remember Steve McMean sharing the gospel with tears in his eyes. I remember Jimmy Stringer sharing the gospel with me on a, on a yellow dog school bus with tears in his eyes. I am thankful that someone wept for me. Father, would you give us the grace to weep for the lost?
Christ. We recommit our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. You can receive the elements. Amen. Jason and Amy are going to come by with a trash receptacle, and they'll, they'll collect your, your, your pieces there, your trash, after, after you're done. We're going to dismiss our children into our bridge kids classes and this is a one of my favorite things because and the reason it's a fave is because we have an opportunity now to declare destiny over the next generation just as Bob Hunter was burdened for that next generation we should be burdened for those that are right here under our nose amen so could we take a moment and pray for our kids as they get ready children if you guys would stand up we want to pray for you before you go to class and pray for their teachers would you join me father in the name of your son we declare destiny over the next generation. Father Jeremiah 29 says that you have a, a plan, a hope, a future for them. Lord, there's a map that you've, you've already, a blueprint for their lives, Lord. A blueprint for greatness and destiny. And we speak it and we call them by faith. We declare this over them. They are world changers. They are difference makers. And they are culture shapers. And we declare greatness over them. We call out and call up the greatness and the potential that you've placed in them to change the world, Father. And Lord, we want to become the launching pad for the next generation. Not the limiter, not the cover, not the lid, but the launching pad for the next generation. And we speak life over them. Father, we thank you for our teachers that are leading them and loving them well. Lord, as they pour Jesus into these children, raise up the next generation of world changers. We declare it so, and we're in agreement. Everyone said, amen, amen. Let's dismiss our children. Can we clap for them as they go? Amen. Also want to talk in terms of generosity and giving. It is such a privilege. I was thinking in terms of this week of how, how blessed we are to be a blessing. I mean, that is, we've been so blessed. Not only here in Fredericksburg in America, where we are blessed in a country where we get to actually make more than we need. It's amazing. We're not just crawling on the ground, scratching it out. God has blessed us and given us the ability to give and to sow. There's a covenant in the book of Genesis that the word says is an everlasting covenant. God himself said, this is a covenant that is forever. This one doesn't get nullified or changed with the new covenant. This is an everlasting covenant. And it is this. He says that you, that we are to bless all the families in the earth. And that we are blessed, help me somebody, to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. And so the reason why we're able to make more than we need and have more than enough is not so that we can build bigger barns, but so we can bless others and energize the gospel all over the world. And we have the privilege of doing so. So as you give today, would you just be grateful? Be a grateful, cheerful giver. The word for cheerful in the Bible is actually the word hilarious. I don't want you to get nutty on me or anything, but... You can give with joy and excitement knowing that what you do matters. And so today as you give, I'm going to ask a favor. I do this every week. Would you bless your offering as you give? If you already gave online, thank you. If you're using the new church app, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Thank you. That's helpful. 
but you can still bless it. You can still bless it. So let me show you these three ways to give. You'll see them on the screen. Uh, Bridge Church, at our, we have text to give. We have our website. Then also Church Center, the app. Annette has been working feverishly building that app out. It's amazing what it can do. And that is your port of entry to everything, the bridge. There's a calendar on there that shows exactly what's coming up, a calendar of events right there on your phone. So download Church Center. And then once you download the app, you can go to Bridge Church, Fredericksburg, Texas. Once you do that once, it locks it in. And now you're in, and it'll, it'll reflect our information. So... Again, Bridge Church, Redford, Texas, but download Church Center app. Now, I want to talk about who we are blessed to support and give. I want to get those names up there. I want to get our eyes on these. These are the people that we are sowing into, giving into. Over $30,000 this last year in our first year of existence, we were able to give and sow into them. And that will continue to increase as we go along. And so, see those names. Call those names before Jesus. And I want to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving. You're amazing. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we truly are blessed to be a blessing. And Father, I thank you that we have the privilege today of not giving to the church, but giving through the church. So, Lord, we're, we're, not, a, we're not a pond or a receptacle. We're, we're a distribution center. So, Lord, as it comes, it goes, and we are the privileged and blessed to do so. We speak life over this offering, blessing over this offering. Lord, I thank you for those who are giving. Encourage them. Bless them in their giving as they're being a blessing to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So I'm going to invite you. You can go to, uh, as we worship, you can go to any of the receptacles and drop your offering in there if you came ready to give. Let's all stand together and let's worship together in our giving.
be seated, would you? And uh, as we are seated and preparing for the, uh, for the sermon, he's, we're going to have those lights come on. Did you notice that at all? And uh, so we're going to just enjoy this wonderful video as we prepare our hearts for Pastor Jimmy. Do you feel the gravity of the Psalms there? It's powerful, heavy, weighty, but heavy in a good way. The kabod is a Hebrew word for the glory of God, but it's the weighty glory of God. 
And when I read scriptures like that, it just it ministers in my heart. But it's weighty glory. It's a good glory. Listen, as we start today, I'm not going to backtrack or go back on what we've been doing because I really want to move forward in this. And really, the title today, I'm calling it Turn It Around, but maybe a better title would be What Just Happened? Because we have had one of those months, years, what just happened? I want to start with the scripture, and then I've got to tell you a story that I think is going to encourage you and bless your heart. And so in the book of Romans chapter 2, I'm just going to read a few verses and make a quick comment, and then I want to tell you something, and I'm going to show you a video that's going to bless your heart. And this is out of Romans chapter 2, verse 1, says this, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. And what I'm doing here is I'm turning it from high to simmer because we need to simmer on that for just a minute. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Does anyone else feel the weight besides me on that one? Verse 2, now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Oh, we heard that in the Sermon on the Mount, right? With the measure that you mete out to others, it's going to be measured right back to us. It's the old, if I'm pointing a finger at you, I've got three pointing back at me. Verse 4, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? See, it's felt very heavy, judgment, judgment. But look what he's talking about. The riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance. And I want to camp out on the last half of that verse, that it is his Goodness, it is his kindness, his tolerance, his patience. It's all of those that lead us toward repentance. Let me do a quick review on repentance because that seems to be a word that's coming back up on the scene in the hour that we're in in our country, in our world situation, where we are a people who really need to reacquaint ourselves with this term repentance. But let me tell you what it's not repentance is not this. So I'm going to do a quick illustration. Pile of junk. Pile of stuff. This is my stuff. Now, mine might be taller than yours, but it's there. Yours may be taller than mine. I don't know. But we all have, would you agree that we all have stuff? So here's my pile of stuff. But most people think in terms of repentance of, I need to clean up my act, deal with my stuff, so I can be so clean and so holy and so pure that I can now go to God. You know what that is? That's putting the cart in front of the horse. That is not what repentance is. Repentance is, means to turn or return. Turn, return. And so what real repentance is and biblical repentance is, isn't saying i got to deal with my stuff so I can get to God. It's like I've got to turn and face God. Now where's my stuff? It's in my past. It's behind me. It's in my wake. It's eating dust back there because now my focus is on him. So in turning, and I want to encourage you because some of you live this way, think this way, whether you ever articulate it or not, it's an underlying thought. 
And it is this, is that I'm so messed up, I'm so broken. Well, Pastor Jimmy, you just don't understand my past. You don't know how many scars I have. You don't know how I've been abused. You don't know what I've been through or what I have done. You don't know. You don't understand. Listen, I don't have to understand. What I do know is biblical truth. And truth supersedes your past. Truth supersedes your stuff. Truth is much bigger than this pile of stuff over here. So real repentance is this. Not trying to deal with this and then go to God. It's turn to God right now and put everything behind you because that's where it belongs. Because it is your past. And we may have to do some work to cut the tethers from the past and stop the echoes, stop the tape echo that keeps coming back up, right? The enemy who accuses you saying you're that, you're that, and you say, wait a minute, that's in my past, but devil, let me remind you of your future and where you're going. So you can turn this on him, amen? So repentance means I'm facing God, this is in the past, and that's what we're talking about today. And that is something we need to re-embrace as a people. My heart, my goal, I've been re-reminded over and over lately that God just keeps saying it like a trumpet blast, repent, return, turn to me, stay facing me, and keep your stuff behind you. I want to encourage you in something. We had something remarkable. And talk about a living, breathing example of what this looks like. So our staff, our pastors, and our elders, and their wives, all went on our annual retreat. I'm excited to call it an annual retreat because we've done two now. We did one last September, and we did one this. So now it's officially an annual retreat because we did it twice, right? And we did it last September, right when we turned the corner from being Oak Hills to now a bridge. So we're a year old, right, in Jesus as a people and a movement. And look what God's done. Do you realize we're in a pandemic right now? And all of you people are here, breathing all over each other. God is good and you're amazing. So, so while we did not just survive the pandemic, we have thrived through it. I want you to know something. And I don't know about you, but it's in my rearview mirror. Anybody else with me on that? It's back there. And here's the deal. I don't want to push delete on 2020. There was a point where I wanted to. Please, where's the trash bin? I'm going to drop 2020 in my trash bin on my computer. But really, I've realized what it has done. It has awakened us. It has made us realize we need God. We need his help. We cannot do this on our own. Amen? So this week, we went off. We went to Mo Ranch last Sunday after church. Well, y'all went out to eat. We went and stuffed some food and just got on the road. And we went to Mo Ranch. You may know where Mo Ranch is. Mo Ranch is awesome. It's one of my favorite places in Texas. And so we went to Mo Ranch. We spent four days together, three and a half. We came back on Wednesday. And so we get there on Sunday afternoon. Our whole crew, this is the first time last year we didn't have our elders with us because we had just made the turn and we really needed to do some staff stuff. This year, we brought the whole team together. Oh, and I'm so glad we did. Let me tell you something. Our team is already on the same page. We have synergy, unity. We're moving forward together. But I'm telling you, after this week, more than ever, more than ever, we know what God's called us to do because we got to live it out while we were there. We had a lab class the whole time we were there. So we went with very little agenda. Annette and I were talking about it. She felt this way. I felt this way. That we don't need to go with some big working agenda or we can't call it a retreat. Can I get an amen? How many of y'all been on a retreat and it turned into work? We said, no, we're gonna, we got two, three hours of something we need to focus on with our new website and stuff. But other than that, we want to we worship, we want to pray, 
We want to minister to each other. We want to be in God's presence together away from here. Not that we don't love you, but, you know, you just needed to get away and breathe some different air. And the weather was perfect. Remember, it was kind of rainy all last week and cool. It felt like fall, and coffee tastes so much better when it's cooler. Amen. And so we, were, we, just, we got there on Sunday afternoon, and I saw this girl walking around in the cafeteria because we met for dinner, and I thought, oh, she must be a staffer here. By the way, I was a staffer at youth camp, so I know what staffers look like. and think she's a staffer for sure because I did that. I was the waterfront director at the Heart of Texas Baptist Encampment on Lake Brownwood for three years. I didn't make any money, but I met a lot of nice people and had a great time. It was a great school job. And so I know what staffers do and what they're about. Like, oh, staffer. Turns out she wasn't a staffer. So our team, we got our food, and some of us sat inside, some of us sat outside. It was really nice. And Doyle and Susan, Susan Jennings decided to sit outside on the porch because it was really nice on the deck. And this girl walks up to Doyle, and she says to him, first words out of her mouth, nobody wears those anymore. He was wearing suspenders. 18-year-old <laughs> kid, nobody wears that anymore. <laughs> He's like, hey, and she said, why are you wearing those? He said, to hold my dignity up. That's what he, that's what he told her. And she said, can I eat with y'all? So she sat down. We didn't know what was going on. We we're inside, and I go, wait, there's somebody sitting with, with Doyle and Susan out there, and they seem to be having a nice conversation. She was, no, 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 just talking, you know, their ears off, and getting to know them. She was a million questions. And so Susan comes in. She says, have a question, because we're about to meet for our first session, and our whole session was worship. That was it. There was no agenda other than let's gather in a commons room. And Russ brought his guitar. Crystal brought her keyboard. And I'm telling you, we're getting it from both ends. I mean, pure worship. It was beautiful. We just got before the Lord. But she approached us, and Susan said, um, this little girl out here, her name is Michaela. And she asked if she could sit in our sessions. And I, my first thought was, what 18-year-old on the planet wants to hang out with a bunch of old people? I mean, for real, right? Well, don't say anything. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I know, I get it. And, and so, I'm like, that's weird. And, uh, and then she said, well, because she's got some stuff going on. She's, she actually just got kicked out of a Christian school. And she doesn't know where she's going next. And Mo Ranch gave her a place to stay for about three days with meals, just to bless her, to give her time to catch her breath, because she just got booted out of school. I found out later why she got kicked out of her Christian school. It was for being too transparent, too honest. See, not all Christians, churches, schools want you to be honest about your stuff. Not the case here because we have a sign on our wall that says, no perfect people allowed. Did you know that? We've got a new one up here that says, what just happened? So we're going to have our walls completely marked up here in the next few months. So that's how that started. And so we said, sure, come on in. So we start our session. We're worshiping. She comes in. Typical 18-year-old. No offense here. I was one too. Loud. She gets up and out. She's restless. Can't be still. She's, doors are slamming. She's upstairs doing yoga or something up on the balcony. It's just really bizarre. She's all over the place. Hyper. just eh. And we're like, okay, what is going on here? And you know what I sensed in my heart? There's a war for this kid's soul on right now. Something, there is war over her. I sensed, not her, but I sensed the enemy oppressing her, affecting her. 
And I sensed it, and that sensed several of our team were like, ooh, something's up. And yet, we felt this love for her, and she was drawn to us, so we said, come on in. So she hung out with us. Is that weird or what? So about the middle of our first session, I'm just sharing stuff, vision stuff. Various people are sharing what God's been up to in their life. It's just an open time. We're all just, just sharing. And she finally says, can I ask a question? It's before we even introduced her to the group. We just kind of just brought her in. She was like your family. She said, can I ask a question? I said, well, sure. And she said, um, I'm a Gen Zer, and could you all dumb it down for me? I don't understand what you are saying. And so I looked at her and I said, all you need to know is Jesus. That's what you need to know. And she said, okay, that's cool. So we just kept going and God was just so present. That was day one. Day two, we get up. Guess who's with us at breakfast at the table? <laughs> and up there jabbering. Boy, she's excited, man. She's had a good night. She, and then tells us a little bit of a story. Leaks out. We're getting more, more of the picture there. And so she goes through the day with us. That afternoon, she met with us, and she got distracted and ended up out of the room. She got a headache. I'm telling you, there was a war for this kid's soul. She was being oppressed. She, every time she'd get around us, she was excited, but then her head would start. She got start feeling nauseous. Anybody notice anything here? And I'm telling you, the atmosphere was so permeated with the presence of God. I'm telling you, darkness can't hang out where there's light. And I'm not saying she's darkness. I'm saying there was something on her, oppressing her, trying to keep her from hearing the truth in the life. She was so drawn to us, but something was keeping her. And we just watched this war play out. And so uh, went through that day, went through the night. She showed up again, doing yoga up the, on the deal. and just it, It's kind of crazy. And, and we just sort of just said, she's our kid. I mean, we just adopted Michaela, and we just treated her like we do anybody. She's family ate with us, hung out with us, worshiped with us. And then the very next morning, which would have been Tuesday morning, she was going to go back on Wednesday. She did not want to go back home. She's got a troubled situation there. And she was really resistant to going home. She didn't know what she was going to do. And so she went and talked to the president of Mo Ranch and asked for a job. Can I stay here? I'll work. I'll do anything to not have to go home. And he called her out. He said, honey, you're running from something. You're hiding from something. If you stay here and I let you stay here, then I'm going to be enabling you to hide from what you need to be facing. Wow. Wisdom. I would have been, sure, come on. You know, but she, he was just, he saw and he was like, wisdom there. Boy, kudos to him. And so I talked to her afterwards. I said, well, how did your interview go? And she goes, he called me out. I said, he called you? And she told me, I got to father her a little bit. And we had lots of conversations. Fast forward. Tuesday morning, she decided to go back early because there was a hurricane in the Gulf, remember, last week? You know, it's like one of 30 we've had this year. So there was a hurricane, so she thought she needed to go ahead and go home. She was not happy about it. She was downcast. And, and she said on Tuesday morning, she said, uh, could I talk to you and Russ and Wendy? I have a favor to ask. I'm like, yeah, sure. So while we're eating... She sits out on the porch with Jason and Crystal, and she tells them what she wants. She wants to be baptized in the river. Mind you, it was cool that day and rainy, and it's the Guadalupe River. That's cold, right? So I did what any self-respecting pastor would do. I said, Jason, you're the man. You are awesome. I did. I literally said it to him. You're the man. 
He goes, he goes, no, she wants you to do it. And I went, oh, yay me. <laughs> so we all hiked down to the river together. It's rainy on us, overcast. And we went down into the water. And I tried my best not to slip and fall because I knew this was going to be videoed. I did not want to be a viral video of that pastor, you know. <laughs> it was not easy, I'm not lying. And we went down there and just her passion, her exuberance, her excitement. And we're going to show the video of what happened. And what I want to, it's going to be noisy because there was a waterfall right there. So I want to give you a little, little context. As we went down the water, she made a comment that a few days earlier, in fact, on the 19th of the month, she was there. She'd just gotten kicked out of school. She'd just showed up to Mo Ranch. And there's a bridge down there. And she had gone to the bridge. The bridge. Get it, folks? There's a correlation here. And she wrote on the bridge something. We're going to show it to you in a little bit. And she talked about, I'm on the bridge. I'm crossing the bridge, is what she says during her baptism. So let's roll that video real quick. I'll narrate a little bit because it's hard to hear. Everybody knows Michaela now. That's our whole staff, our team, our elders cheering her on. Talking to her about her decision. Always do that in baptism. Now I'm telling her about that because it's so shallow and two, it's so slick. I'm saying, all right, bend your knees, work with me here because we might just both go down at the same time. So try to explain that to her because I didn't want to get baptized again. And I was also trying not to shiver because it was cold. Bad throw, almost went right in the water. But
fairly awkward. Here's our awesome team cheering her on, loving her to Jesus. The kindness of God working through this team to lead her to repentance. She's <laughs> freezing. First thing out of her mouth when she came up, she's like, it's so cold. I'm like, I know, this is why I want Jason to do this. So, <laughs> super sweet and such an honor and such a privilege. What you witness there is the kindness of God, Amen. the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And what I want to say about what we just saw, in fact, I want to show you a couple of pictures. I want to show you the, the, what she drew on the bridge. So the bridge is a concrete bridge. So she's engaged to be married, kind of, sort of. She's looking down the line. And she wanted to write her and her boyfriend's name on the bridge. And as she's there on the 19th, the, the Spirit of God overwhelmed her. She was rejected from the school. She was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And there at the bridge, she cried out to God, and his spirit overwhelmed her. She was born again right there, and she said, I realized I can't put my boyfriend's name before him. I can't put my boyfriend before him. So she wrote Jesus and me, and she dated it 09-19-2020 as an indication of her giving her heart to Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? And the next picture is a picture of her afterwards wearing one of our new baptism shirts uh, that says New Life. We had these made, and it says Bridge on the back. And uh, she brought in these little flowers. She was carrying these flowers around everywhere. She picked them. And this is, and then David Hardison gave her his cap because hers got wet. So he, get, he had a Jesus cap on. Listen, this kid was so full of life afterwards. That it was like she, it, she will be an unstoppable force for the kingdom. I mean, this kid, she ordered us around, directed us, told us what we're going to do next. I need you to do that. And we were like, well, wait a minute, what just happened here? And it was so sweet, though, because we realized there is a leadership call in her life. She's wired that way, wired for leadership. This kid is going to be a world changer. And so we stayed in touch with her. And right now she's praying about what to do next we had two people come forward after the first service saying, I will take her in my home. I will take her. Yeah. And there may be somebody sitting there going, I'll take that kid in my home, and we'll disciple that kid, and we'll see her. But here's the deal. What, I love what Crystal said. Crystal said, the reason why there's more than one person that wants to take her is because there's more Michaela's coming. And that's where I want to end with this today is who are the Michaela's in your life. There are people in your orbit, in your relational sphere of influence, who do not know Jesus Christ. And here's my thought. Do we care? Do we care? Do we care that if they die, that they are going to hell without Christ? See, we don't want to talk about that in church. It seems pretty trendy to not go there these days. But family, we've got to go there. We've got to re-embrace the burden for the lost 
that we ourselves have lost. Because what we have done is we've gotten comfortable and complacent and me and mine and we're okay and my little huddle and my little family. But let me tell you something. If they die without Jesus, there is no second chance. They don't get to go to purgatory and wait on a new thing. They are going to hell without Jesus. And it is our call and our responsibility. Go, therefore, make disciples. That is our call. That is our commission. Here is, it's not just go like make yourself go. It's actually as you are going, make disciples. In other words, wherever we are, that is our mission field. In that moment, aisle four at HEB, it's changed so much, I don't even know what aisle four is anymore. But aisle four at HEB, that's your mission field. Wherever you find yourself, you are on mission. Because it is as you are going. And let me tell you something. It's not scaring people out of hell into heaven. Because the whole point of God saving us is not to save us from hell. It's to get heaven into us. He wants us so full of him. That when you show up, you are a revival. You are a spiritual awakening. You are the kingdom come for somebody. And there are Michaela's in our lives. Now it may be Michael's. But it, or maybe Michaela's, but they're out there. And they're in your sphere of influence right now. This kid just showed up. We call that low-hanging fruit. You know, it's like the, the Philippian situation with the Philippian jailer. What must I do to be saved? Or the, or the Ethiopian who said, here's water, what prevents me from being baptized? Listen, when revival comes, that's what harvest looks like. Amen. You show up, revival shows up. And an 18-year-old kid... Tell me that's not a miracle, wants to hang out with us. That is a miracle in itself. And look what God does. Listen, all we did was show up and do what we were going to do. We didn't change what we were going to do. We just did what we do. And God showed up. And she was changed and transformed. There are Michaela's in your life. I want the worship team to come out. We're going to go out with a big blessing. Who are the Michaela's in your life? In fact, let me show you a tool. Two tools. You can get these right on your way out at the Connect Center. Get as many as you need. They're for you. We just developed this. I had uh, reached out to Bill Loveless, who's given us our, his identity cards. We've given away 2,000 of those. I'm like, wait, we need our own. So I said, Bill, can I plagiarize some of your card, and then I'm going to put our own language and spin on ours. He said, absolutely use it. So I used his card, and I developed one for us. And it actually is all about who you are in Christ, your identity. This is a tool for the days that you're having that are not so good. You can pull this out and go, let me remind the devil of who I am. And let me remind myself of who I am. I'm strong. I'm complete and whole. I'm secure. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I'm adopted as a child. I am a saint in Christ. I'm humble and selfless, kind, patient, and loving. I am his masterpiece. It goes on and on and on. On the backside, it has more. Uh, Jesus living through you will fulfill his purposes. He sets you free. He gives you victory. I get stirred up just reading this. He sets you free. He gives you victory. He, and all the scriptures are there. He empowers your healing. He meets your needs. He gives you his Holy Spirit. He renews your mind to the truth. He gives you his authority. He speaks to you as his child. He gives you his presence. And he has good plans for your future. This card is for you as a tool to remind you on those days of who you are. And to remind the devil of who you are. Listen, the time, when devil comes to you and tries to talk to you about your past, just remind him of his future, right? 
You say, no, 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 my past is not who I am. This is what the Word of God says, and this is who I am. Take that, devil. And you can remind him. Now, the other card is this, and these are all out here too. I want everybody to get one. Over the next few weeks, I want everybody in this place to have one. And when our guests come, we're going to get them in their hands as well. It's called a VIP card. It stands for very important people. How many of you know that all lives matter to God? Can I just say it? All lives matter to God, period, period. All life has value. That's not a political statement. That's a biblical statement. And so here it is, VIP, very important people. On one side, it says praying for reconnect. There are people in your orbit that have moved away from God, moved away from the gospel. And you all know every step away from the cross, there's 15 people cheering them on, right? And we need to call them back home. Part of revival is not just new people coming into the, to the kingdom. It's people being revived. That's what revival is. That means you were there, you're not, now you are again. That's revival. We're going to see people revived and awakened. And so you can write down, we have seven blanks on here. Seven blanks. And you can write the names of the people that you're going to commit to pray for. Now, that's on one side. On the other side, you have seven blanks. Praying for salvation. We're going to number those people in our lives. You're going to write down those names, and you're saying, I'm going to commit to pray for them. That's it. That's all you're doing. I'm going to pray for them. So you're going to write their names down. This is how harvest happens. Every Sunday, I'm going to say, get out your VIP card, and you're going to out of your Bible, your pocket, your tablet, whatever you bring, your purse, you're going to pull out your VIP card. I'm going to say, let's hold it up, and we're going to pray right now. For God to move in these 14 people's lives that are on your card. If you need another card because you know more than 14 people who need Jesus, take as many as you need and you can pull out your cards on Sunday, okay? Get those on the way out. They're there. So every Sunday, starting next Sunday, I'm going to say pull out your VIP card. And we're going to pray for those. We did this in Abilene. We saw remarkable results because we started praying for people by name. And people would show up and say, my gosh, actually, you know, I was actually at, at, at Kroger. This, was, this would be in Abilene. Or I was at, at, you know, at the store, and I ran into them in a header. I mean, I turned the corner, and there they were. I'm like, well, duh, you've been praying for them. God will orchestrate opportunities for you to be in their lives to make a difference. So we're going to do that every week. So on the way out, pick these up. Listen, this is, this is just a part of the strategy for harvest And my prayer as we close today and as we go out with a blessing, I'm going to ask God to release a godly burden, not an ungodly, not an unhealthy burden, but a godly burden for the lost. You ready to receive that? Let's all stand together. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we go out with blessing and declaration and strength and and encouragement, Lord, from your word over us, we also stand as sons and daughters, Lord, and some of us have to repent. I have to repent. I've not had the burden I should for the lost. So I turn to you. I'm not going to sit and play around with that. It's in my past. And in this moment, my face is toward you. Man, I know if I keep my eyes on you, I could even walk on water like Peter did. So Lord, right now, before you as sons and daughters, Father, we invite the burden of the Lord in a good way a life-giving way, in a way that motivates us to be available, to be awake, and to be aware of those VIPs, those very important people that you have brought into our lives. If you receive that, say amen. 
Amen. Let's worship together on the way out. children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations your family your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you
some of you might need to go, and that's fine. Be, be blessed as you go. But some of you, if you can linger, I hope you can. I hope you can stay and worship a little longer with us. We're going to go through this one more time. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. surely in this place you are blessed to be a blessing go in peace he is for you if the Lord has stirred in your heart this morning and you need to respond we are here for you and Pastor Jeffrey is out